you should play an old video game with better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, which Lego game is the best? Oh. Yeah. Mm. You gotta make a that's, choice. That's tough. There's so many. Mm. How many of them did you even play? Well, I played a lot of the Lego Star Wars, both on DS. We, I played a lot of like. Um, are we say, like saying ones that I played or ones that I own? Ones that you played. Okay, I definitely played Lego Star Wars. Uh, First one, second one, the complete saga, or the Clone Wars. Was the was the first one the first three movies, and yes. then the second one was the second three. Um, because yes. I definitely played both of those. Um, then I also, I'm pretty sure I played the complete saga. I remember I played a Lego computer. I played a, but we, you and me used to play, it was like Lego city or yeah, something like Lego that. Lego city two. Was that it? The one yeah. where you could drive around and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that well, one was which awesome. One? Cause there was Lego city two where you ran around and skateboarded around as, uh, um, uh, pepperoni. Mm-hmm. And then there was Lego Racers, where you built a car out of digital Legos and raced that around. I think we played both of them, but I, I, I'm I think I'm thinking of Lego City too, is what I think. Because okay. I remember it was like an island that you yeah. could go around and stuff like that. Um, and then I definitely played this one Lego computer game that was like a mining game. You had to fight oh. like rock monsters while gathering resources. Yep. Uh, I think I've played like a little bit of Lego Harry Potter, but probably not much. Um, let me think here. I played some stuff on the DS. I'm I'm honestly just gonna have to say, like probably, I have the most memories of playing the the second. Uh, Lego Star Wars, or like I have very fond memories of that one for some reason. Even though I never owned it, yeah, I just remember being so psyched to play Jango Fett. Uh, <laughs> I remember well, like the Boba Fett or Jango Fett because Jango Fett oh, would be the first Lego Star Wars game. Really? Wait. I so the, the first, first Lego Star Wars game was Episodes One, Two, Three. Oh shoot. Okay. Well, then that was that was the one that I played. That. Okay. Um. I had it for DS, or no, for Game Boy Advance as well. Um, that was really fun. Although, honestly, playing on Haunt was good, too. Fuck. So, um, on top of yeah. the ones you listed, I I played, like, the Star Wars ones, uh, Complete mm-hmm. Saga, and I had LEGO Star Wars 2, which was episodes 4, 5, 6 for the Game Boy Advance, which pissed me off to no end because one of the levels, I swear, I collected every single fucking stud you could find and I could never 100% it. Um, like, I was literally walking the edges of the map to try and find ones I missed. 
Okay. Um, I've played Lego, played a little bit of Lego Indiana Jones, played Lego Marvel, Lego Marvel uh, Avengers, and Lego Marvel, Lego Avengers, and Lego Marvel 2. Uh, I played Lego <sighs> Batman. Lego Batman is so fun. That one is actually a great fucking game. It was a good game, and it was, like, just Burton-inspired. Like, it was so Burton-inspired. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I think I remember playing that one for the Xbox. That one was really, really fun. I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Um, I played Lego... I played some Lego Batman 2, but it kind of fell off of it because it was too... It was too similar to Lego Marvel mm-hmm. combined with it was more like Lego Marvel Avengers, which didn't really have too much in the way of like open world stuff the same way like the other Lego world ones did. Mm-hmm. It had more of like, oh, go to the map and select like the level you go to and then you've got the open world like hub for that. Which wasn't as fun, and they started introducing the in Lego Lego DC two, they started doing the uh, Adam West saving aspect to each one of like that's the collectible. Okay. Which was just ripping off the Lego Marvel save Stan Lee. Oh, cute! Yeah, very fun. Which was cute and fun, but then I was like, okay, so Lego Batman two, you're gonna save Adam West because literally no one knows anyone else associated with DC Comics. You fucking nerds. Hey, they're doing their best. Be nice. Um, I think... I think Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga is the best... is one of, if not the best Lego game. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lego Marvel is better because Lego Marvel had, like, an open world to run around in. Like, you could just run around New York City. Oh, that's cool. And so, like, they had little, like, side missions and stuff spread throughout the city, and you could, like, go to places and help people out, and instead of having, like, they could do side missions alongside the main storylines. So it wasn't just, oh, play the story, replay with different characters. It's pretty sick. I'm sorry, I'm just looking up, like, I remember having, uh, like, a Star Wars A Complete Saga for DS. I think that would have to be mine, honestly, as well. That would be a total cop-out, but, um... I just remember playing that, like, a lot. I do have um, very fond memories of Lego Island 2, though. Because I was, like, I got it when I was too yeah. young to really know what video games were. Yeah. And, like, by some miracle, actually managed to... Like, I kept starting the game over and over and over again because I never figured out how to get out of the first area. Like, I, never, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then... I slowly started to realize, like, oh, I can read now. They're telling me what to do. I know Mm. what buttons to hit. And started being able to get to, like, the second world, and then finally, eventually, made it all the way to the final world. And was on, like, one of the last levels where you had to, like, jump up a tower, like, basically just make your way up the tower... That the villain had created. And I lost the game. Like, I, we, the, the file, it was an older computer. Computer got destroyed or whatever it was. 
and no. then lost the disc and was never able to reinstall it. And it's like, oh. Oh, dude. Oh, that sucks. That is kind of a surreal experience, though, to like have those memories of uh, growing up, like, you know, and literally advancing through a video game, like, you know, realizing you can read and stuff like that. I think there's. It's kind of a magical little uh, in-between era when you're playing video games for that those first times. You don't really like know uh, know what you're doing at all. Yeah. But um, yeah. The, I think the other one that was because like it was that one was really the main one where I was like learning to play video games. Um. But I think the first one that was really like. I knew how to play video games, but I didn't know how to play video games well was Pokemon Yellow. Okay. Because, like, I'd figured out how to play video games by that point, and I didn't really have video games. Like, I literally was just, like, borrowing Pokemon Yellow. And I'd figured out how to play the game, but I wasn't good at it. Like, I didn't know any better than, like, oh... I'm just going to catch these Pokemon and train them up to be the strongest there is, and I don't know anything else. So, like, I didn't know where any of the hidden stuff was. I didn't know move types, really. Not that types was really a thing, but, like, I didn't know moves did stuff. I didn't know that the Pokeball catch rates had, thing like, that big of differences. I didn't know where stuff was in the Safari Zone, so, like, I'd wander around there forever and get completely lost yeah but that's what's awesome about those games is that they're supposed to be like little toy like they're almost perfect for that age because it's supposed to be like a little toy chest that you like like there's no real i mean there is kind of like punishment in a pokemon game but you can't yeah. really die you know what i mean like there's nothing in a pokemon game really ever i remember that made me feel like quote unquote bad like i got frustrated with them but i never i don't know if i really never ever had you a feel bad for, getting, for like not winning no not at all you're just like kind of happy to be there if you threw yourself at the wall enough times it would eventually break <laughs> yeah yeah exactly or you just like give up you know what i mean or you just like go wander and you do something else or it took me a long time to actually beat an Elite Four. Like, I don't know if I ever did that when I was, like, an actual... It might uh, not have been until I was, like, middle school. I don't know if I beat Ruby's Elite Four. I don't think I did. I eventually beat Emeralds, and I think the first time I beat the Fire Red Elite Four, it was because I, <laughs> I we did some trading and stuff, and I just had two Venusaurs, two Charizards, two Blastoises. Oh, you like, sneak level 80 or whatever. Damn. And I think that was one of the other things, too, that I had to be told, like, oh, yeah, you can, like, bring healing items and heal up between the fights. And I was like, what? You can do that? I thought you had to fight them all in a row. (laughs) That's so innocent. I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's... I just remember how big the that that series. I think uh, I think we underestimate. Although maybe it's just because I'm older now and distant from that whole, whole ecosystem. But 
that series used to hold like real significant power and kind of like in, in a in an environment that was less saturated with media like pokemon was like you know like everybody knew about it and it's not to say that everybody doesn't know about it now it's like it is the most profitable media franchise in the world but like i just feel like it had a little bit more supremacy in a way because it was one of a select few titles that people like know about whereas now it just feels like there would just be a lot more that are that's drawing like kids attention away like i don't know if it's as big of a thing you know we used to talk about it like all the time especially in elementary school yeah you know? i don't know if it's as big of a thing anymore I think it's doing just fine because I saw a headline either yes today or yesterday that Japan had run out of Pokemon cards. Really? Yep. Damn. Yeah. So I, I'm not worried for Pokemon. No, that's, um, yeah. I just, I wonder how kids today, like how, how do, like, does a group of, you know, does a group of like seven or eight year old boys like today will like does that game still does that franchise when they encounter it like I'd love to know what they think I'd love to know like if they are like in enraptured it. by it yeah exactly like brought into it and are they talking about the the, is, uh, the Switch games the same way we would talk about the Game Boy Advance games yeah yeah and i don't know like because kids don't really have ds's right like they have switches that'd be the more popular thing right yeah the 3ds is dead long live the 3ds um and for them like yeah like does it hold that same occupancy or is the difference between that and other console games because it is basically just a console you take like is it so negligible that it just doesn't have the same draw like was pokemon's initial draw the fact that it was this compact handheld thing that you could take in your back pocket carry with you anywhere i think part of it too was that there were not nearly as many good games for the game boy advance like that's you talk about shovelware yeah shovelware is just like Shovelware is the concept of a cheap game cheaply made very quickly to just get it onto the console. Um, The Wii and Game Boy Advance in particular suffered from it. Yeah, that is true. That is, although the Wii had the advantage of um, being able to port over GameCube games, which was a brilliant move on their part. Although it completely eradicated the point of their console like it's, it was still a great idea to have that be backwards compatible um but it was also the most popular console in the world and because of it ended up with a bunch of really shit games yeah i agree i like, and then game boy Advance is the same way where if you wanted to save a file you like it just consumed space in the cartridge so instead they would uh they would do that stupid code system where, like, the levels had specific codes that, you, like, alphanumeric codes to put in to get to the, where you last were. That's right. So if you didn't write down the code for the last level you beat, you wouldn't get be able to get back to that level again. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because the thing is, too, I guess to be fair and to be level 
when I think of Game Boy Advance, because I know, like, I didn't have, I never had the Advance. I had the Advance SP, so I had that one. Yeah. And you still, you still had to do that. I don't think there wasn't like much of a difference, right? Like the Game Boy Advance, other than their actual form. The SP like, has a backlit really... screen. That was the only difference. Yeah. So it's like, I do you remember having to do that for Donkey Kong Country quite a bit? Because I, yep. that was the game that I played. And it was all those side scrolling platformers, too. Mm hmm. Like they were literally all sli- side scrolling platformers, and you only way to get back to the level was to put in the code. I totally, dude. I had so many different games. I remember playing so like there was a you know Donkey Kong Country. The I had Pokemon like Fire Red and Ruby. I had a Madagascar game. I had a Winnie the Pooh game, which was actually pretty fun that I'm remembering. Like I miss those old uh, kind of like sprites and stuff like that. Just really kind of I don't know fun stuff. Yeah. But I think it's different too for Pokemon because even just as a media franchise, I mean, we got lucky because we were literally coming up in the era of like slightly past like Pokemon's major introduction to the West. So like I would make the case that Sinnoh like was arguably that's that was its era of like peak, like total media popularity and supremacy. Like, yeah, it had the it had the stuff in the 90s, but like. It's movies, really? it's shows. I think so. I mean, like, mm. I do kids still watch the? I mean, I know that technically the anime's over. Were they well, watching a, a lot of the one. anime? Are they? Okay. Yeah. Without, they just ends is it, Ash is the protagonist. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Which apparently, like, when Ash did win the championship, the only like rival slash friend he made along the way that came back to watch him in the stands was Dawn. From Pearl, like Diamond and Pearl. Hey, Team Rocket went and watched out. him and cheered him on. His own mother and Professor Oak watched it from home on TV. Well, it's far away. He's like like eight regions away from them. They could have taken a boat. Who knows? Who knows where it is in the world, you know? Japan. Or, no, it's other places too. Well, although it is obviously, yeah, I mean, Kanto Jodo, Owen, Owen is, Owen is still my fave. Although Sinnoh's are close, but those are those are obviously biased, really, just because of uh, those are my formative ones. I still love the Owen remake uh, review that said seven out of ten too much water. <laughs> like no that fucking that... shit. There was a lot of water in the first one. What do you think was going to happen? Hey, I mean, it's t- it is Team Aqua, to be fair. TBF. Team Magma um, for life. Yeah, dude. Team Magma for life. Only you losers can go... Uh... The Aqua guys stole a submarine and that was it. Yeah, you can go worship a whale. We'll go... <laughs> I'll make good they with They stole a, a submarine a... and an orb and boom, done. With the Magma guys actually, down. like, tried some shit. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, we're going to make an entirely new continent. <laughs> we're going to make a new continent. We're going to try and wake up Groudon. We're going to steal a bunch of rocket fuel and try and blow yeah. up a volcano. They had a lot going for them. They were pretty, clearly they more plans. effortless. But yeah, they, they had goals. A little something called goals. 
aspirations, dreams, ambition, you know, their passion, red hot, like their favorite uh, element or whatever. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I love Pokemon. I can talk about it forever. Even though I, it's been ages since I played the game, but still. Dude, just download an emulator on your phone. Boom, done. I know. I think I'm going to. And either on my phone or on my computer. I've got a, an Emerald and a Fire Red downloaded for emulators. And I've been running just like flavored team, like type based teams through them. It's like all water, oh. all fire. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Okay. Yeah. Like, so on different playthroughs or on different, different games, like different saves. Okay, cool. That's cool. Because like you don't have to like save on the emulator; it just like saves at whatever your last point you were playing at was, and like it just opens up to it. It's not like a matter of having to, like open a save file, so you can literally oh, just like nice. open the game, open the app, and you're playing again. It's right there. I did. I did download an emulator on my laptop when I was playing um, Mystery Dungeon Red Rescue. Yeah. That game is amazing. That game is so much fun. Um, it was also a pain in the ass. Yeah, it was really tough. Dungeon Crawlers, that's my only experience with like a dungeon crawler. And it was it does get a little tedious, like here and there. Because it is just like all the dungeons are basically the same. Like there's not really a lot of like variation necessarily um and sometimes it is sort of like annoying to get through them but it is still do you remember the monster houses um i think that's what it was called where you put like team members and stuff like that where people know in mystery dungeon when you'd walk into a room it'd be like oh no it's a monster house and like 20 pokemon would just drop from the ceiling Oh, yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I remember watching a video yeah. a while back where somebody, like, walked into one, and it was like, oh, no, it's a monster house, and they all dropped down, and then one of the Pokemon had the speed thing that, like, buffed everybody, and, like, five of the Pokemon in the room just all, like, chain-buffed each other to super strength, and before it could the guy could even run away, they just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. I do love, I love just the elements of like chaos in those games. I think it's so much fun. And I will say the not to be that guy, but the aesthetic, like the little sprites, the backgrounds, like that's I think honestly one of the reasons why like I would play those games as a kid is because I just they were really well like, designed. They 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 were, and I think your word enamored is like perfect for them. Honestly, like I did become enamored with just like how playing the games, like, felt. You know what I mean? Like, I think especially the Pokemon games, like, did a great job of, like... I remember trying as a kid to, like, explain my mom, like this to my mom, but I was like, they make you feel like a hero. Like, they make you feel like the most important person in the world. It, but not in a way that's, like, cloying or kind of cheesy. Like, everything is sort of, like... There's it's not still blowing elements. smoke up your ass. It's genuinely just like you're doing your thing and you're doing the right thing, and you're helping yeah. people. Yeah, it's it's a very like sweet. I I have not found a game that is as like tender or sweet, but still feels very like real and tangible. You know, it doesn't feel. I don't think like a kid game. It it feels like its own thing. So I gotta give them credit for it. It's a great 
I want to give credit to Pokemon Legends Arceus that came out a year ago then, because that game did that, gave me that same feeling. Really? On top of being, like, gen, like zoned out open worlds. It's not, like, open world, but, like, there's zones you can wander free roam through. Yeah. And the entire quest, it's like, oh, these Pokemon are dangerous, they'll fuck you up, like, don't click... Don't get fucking close to that Snorlax, because it will hyperbeam your shit. But, like, you're helping out the village and helping build the bonds of humans and Pokemon when they feared them as monsters. Is it, like, a traditional Pokemon game, or is it, like, more of an open, like you're saying, like, an open world? It's open world, open quests. Um, And, like, with the the, uh, Pokedex, you don't just get data for catching it instantly. You have to, like catch X amount and see it use X move number of times and catch X size of them and like feed it this kind of thing X number of times. Is this one that was produced by Nintendo or is this Um, like a fan game? Yeah, it was produced by Nintendo. Okay. It came out a year ago. That's cool. That's, I feel like I remember catching you and, probably Matt, like, talking about it, at least the chat or something, but, um... Yeah. No, that's... Well... Yeah. We should move on to our next segment. (laughs) Let's do it. Our next segment, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Would you like to start? I can, I can indeed. Um, so I was telling RJ before before we started casting, um... I do believe I would be surprised if I haven't recommended this. Is that what the cool um, kids are calling it these days? Casting or casting? It's one of my. You can either say we're gonna pod, or we're gonna pod. we're gonna podcast, or I like to say casting. I think casting sounds kind of cool. It still sounds kind of like broadcasting. You know? Pod up. There we. Yes. Pod Let's up. Pod up and indeed. cast. Um. But I was I was telling RJ before we started that you're probably and this is this is gonna be my one time. I'll still probably give this preface in some way, but uh, as this podcast continues, you're definitely gonna get a lot of repeat recommendations from me because I rewatch a lot of stuff. Um, so I would be surprised if I haven't recommended this before. Um, but this will be one of my repeat recommendations, one of my reviews. Haha, um, uh-huh. and that's not mine. Technically, there's already read that review does that, but my review for uh, Community, which uh... is a fantastic show. Uh, for anyone who may not know or may not remember, Community is a show about a group of people um, who sort of all find each other at this community college and they form an impromptu. Spanish study group, uh, masterminded by a former lawyer uh, named Jeff Winger, who was disbarred after it was found that his uh, college degree was illegitimate and has now been now enrolled in courses at a community college to get a degree so he can practice law. And uh, basically, uh, it is a it is classified as a as a sitcom, um, and it follows this cast of characters as they sort of like encounter each other, uh, form friendships, grow, overcome obstacles, and go on adventures. And um, 
the draw of community is the fact that in my opinion it has some of the best characters made for television comedy ever produced um and it has maybe the best um sitcom stories uh really ever put to television this show has an amazing ability to balance like character and comedy so well um I, i've never seen anything like it i was telling I rj about the background like, stuff like there's stuff in the backgrounds that you won't catch the first three times you watch it yeah no absolutely and then and, yeah and and there's like there's something so the show is definitely very layered and it feels like its own world in a way that like a lot of sitcoms will feel like it does help the, that it's not like a multi-camera you know with a laugh track or anything like it's it's a single camera sitcom so it can be shot a little bit more like cinematically quote unquote um and it does get a lot of help from its its actors all the performances from the main cast and the supporting characters are fantastic so well done uh so genuinely like uh engaging and, and funny and endearing um and uh, it does have a lot of help as well because Dan Harmon is a genuinely talented writer, just very good at coming up with stories, and he really knows structure, which is a big, big thing um, if you want to tell good stories. But yeah, it's just like a it's a really fascinating, amazing show. And I was telling RJ that like, you know, I I'll rewatch a lot of shows, but I always find myself like burning through this one at a, at a rate faster than any of the other ones that I watch. Um, well, I the episode's just, only like 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so are like, so is It's Always Sunny. I think it probably helps too that this show is shorter than other ones. Like technically yeah. speaking, there's, there's only six movie. seasons. Yeah. And, yes. And uh D- like it, depending on who you ask only three of those are technically good um or like worth your time although i would say if you're gonna watch it just watch all six seasons um but yeah i really want to recommend community if you've never seen it uh please just give just give it a watch like the first few episodes you might just find yourself like slowly getting hooked by it um if you uh have seen it this is your this is your sign to rewatch it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Um, it Paintball is. Episodes are always great. Oh my god! Do you have a favorite of the ones Ooh. that you can remember? Um, that's tough. I think my favorites are either. I think it's a toss up a little bit between the Western Star Wars combo back to back episodes. Mm. Because it's really one like through line of a story, or mm. the last season's um, like spy thriller paintball episode. Yeah, yeah, that one is pretty. I think there's one where they do. No, they make a joke of doing a noir paintball episode, like a noir detective one, which would be kind of funny. But I, I think a little I... bit of that with the. Uh the spy thriller part because it starts off with like oh somebody got hit and they yeah. treat it like a murder 
And yeah, it's like a keep going back war. to Jeff of like no paintball this year. You told me you weren't involved. He's like, I'm not, I'm not doing paintball. Yeah, it's no. I it's... also like the variations they did on it because of paintball, like um when Abed is going to like give away his number one edition comic book that's worth a bunch of money and people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, are you gonna do paintball? We always do paintball. And he's like, No no no. The floor is lava. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that they did that. Oh, yeah. Because then they get, like, the chair walkers. and Yeah, they do, like, a whole Mad Max, like, Waterworld type of spoof or homage, I should say. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's very... Uh, it's a very well-done show, and it's incredibly versatile, and it is unlike anything you've ever seen before it it comes pretty close to being this wonderful live action cartoon in the best way possible and um i when i'm in the nursing home you know 80 years from now uh i will be yep you plan to live old (laughs) we'll see we'll see what happens but that is one of the shows that I will have on my on my rotation to rewatch uh, while I'm enjoying my breakfast cereal. Um, You're at, assuming uh, you love teeth. At the ripe age of 106, we can only dream. But yeah, so that's me. What about you? Uh, my recommendation is a movie. It's Porco Rosso. Ah, <gasps> uh, hey, all right. Can I ask you what you thought? I loved it. That might be my favorite Ghibli movie so far. Like, I'm a sucker for a curmudgeon hero. I'm a sucker for the curmudgeon hero is being drawn out of his curmudgeonly hiding away ways by a spunky teenage girl mm-hmm. that he uh, gets saddled with but then feels the need to protect and, like, assist. I... Thought the side characters were all, like, fun and interesting. I loved the pirates being like, oh, we're mean, evil pirates, but also, (laughs) everybody loves to see us, and we're not really that mean. (laughs) I love how goofy they are, yeah. The beginning where they kidnap the schoolgirls, and the schoolgirls don't give a fuck. (laughs) No. Like, the guys have guns, and the schoolgirls are just like, oh, hello, is it Porco Rosso? Is he coming? yeah it's treated like another part of their field trip almost it's great yeah um the and i liked the all the pig references like the pig references never get old mm-hmm. where he's just like i'm a pig the law doesn't apply to me <laughs> yeah yeah his characterization is pretty did you did you watch the uh the dub yeah it like while I was watching it, I was like, "Who is this?" And I looked it up, and it's Michael Keaton. I is was like, it? I was like, I feel like I should have picked up on that, but like, yeah, his voice sounds so different. Yeah, it's very good. Did yeah, you I, uh, I see it. any scenes, any moments standing out, um, sequences, or I guess anything you can say without? If you don't want to um, give too much, so away. I think it's worth saying that like Porco Rosso is a Ghibli film, animated film, set during World War Two. One. Yeah, 
it, it no, it's like in this weird in between. No, between yeah, it's got to be wars. like leading up to World War Two, because yeah. part of it was he flew in World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, and right, yeah. he flew in World War One. His and he's like the survivor of his unit, and he flies this like red experimental plane, and he kind of protects the oh, what's the section of the world. Um, the sea. What what is the sea that he protects? The Mediterranean. Yeah, he like kind of protects the Mediterranean Ocean area from like pi- sky pirates and stuff. And like he kind of gets drawn back into it because his uh plane. They're like sky pirates hire a guy to take out his plane, and so that's kind of the conflict. Is he wants to mostly just be left alone. And do his bounty hunting, but the world outside his door is drawing him back in. And he has a pig for a pig head instead of a normal human head, and they never really fully explain why. It's like a curse, I thought. It's, it's like implied he... it's a cur it's implied to be a curse based on like his actions in the previous war, but they never fully they never explicitly state like Oh, you've been cursed by this person, or your actions—you—you you acted like a pig, and thus you will be one. Yeah, I—I I think it's almost supposed to be sort of just uh, like, um, honestly, I don't know. Like you're right; I, like they don't really—they don't it. really explain Not it. And I there's remember. a couple instances in the film where it's like, oh. What it? What people like trying to figure out what will change him back, or if there's even a way. And there's a couple instances where there's hints that he might be able to change back, but it's always kind of those, like, the characters rub their eyes and he's back to being a pig head. I think it's implied that, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. I think think there's something implied by the end of the movie. There's implications. I I think basically, maybe, and again, like, Miyazaki's more of a an aesthetic filmmaker than like a thematic or a plot driven one. So like it could have literally just been like, oh well like it might be kind of funny that he's a pig and we can kind of do something with this, but it, it's just an excuse to have kind of a a fun little character. But I do think it's probably supposed to have something to do with his um uh like an ego and an appetite, like after the war, maybe. Like essentially that that he metaphorically like he's come back from the war like literally a changed man yeah and like he has to sort of learn to work through this um whatever like happened during the war uh by sort of like you're saying like sort of opening up to people again and there is an and American, overcoming himself there's an American pilot character that is the most American American to ever American. Funny, because he's actually voiced by uh, Carrie Elwes. Oh, of course he is. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. He is very American, though. He's from Texas. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's got a bone. he's from Hollywood. That's right. He's a movie star. He's an actor. He's an actor that wants to be the president. Combining all the all the great American as one. 
Yeah, Ronald Reagan was from Texas. Yeah, basically. It's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, it's funny. That's uh, It's a Ghibli film that not a whole lot of people um, really talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was just, it was really fun. It was not like a, it was never the biggest, like, dramatic film, mm-hmm. but it was very driven. That's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, also, there's not... The, uh, when the one girl, like, who engineers his new plane is coming with him, and he's trying to persuade her, like, no, don't. What are you doing? Stop. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I live in a tent on an island. And she's like, I love camping. Yeah, it's like, you don't understand. <laughs> like, please don't come with me. Yeah. I do love that ending set piece too on the island. The with everybody yeah. like watching and stuff. I think it's great. All the set pieces are really great. Yeah. But yeah, Porco Rosso. It's a pretty good one. Uh, he's got a really great line when he stops over in Italy to get a plane, his plane fixed up, and uh agent of the Italian government, like, of the Italian Air Force, tries to, like, talk him into rejoining. And he's like, I'm a pig, not a fascist. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah. That's good. That's right, because the fascists are up and coming. Good old Italia. Alright. What do we want to do for our next segment? Let's uh, let's answer some cues. Let's provide some A's to some cues. Um, it's like an alphabet soup with two letters. You're gonna be real sad at the it. end of this soup. That's my brother. That's it, my brother. That's what we're doing. Our next segment: How to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question this week: Men are punching holes in the walls. Normal. What's a good stress outlet that you use to calm down? No. It's Don't more punch normal holes than in walls. It's more normal than you think, but yes, do not do not no, punch holes in walls. It's not more normal than you think. Bad. Well, I'm not saying it's acceptable. I'm just saying. How many people really punch are... holes in walls? I've known a few. I've lived with a few. Really? Yeah. I've punched walls, but I've never punched holes in walls. Yeah, I think it's. Sometimes I think it's mainly by accident, but then when they know they can do it more, they do it. So, I don't know. Like, I've never... Like, don't get me wrong. When you're really angry, uh, like, that sense of destruction feels nice. The problem is there's only so many things that can be destroyed. (laughs) And, like, no consequence for doing so. I honestly usually just, like... Sounds bad. I mean, lame, maybe, I guess, compared to this, but I I literally just, like, scream into a pillow. I'll, like, yell into yep. a pillow for, like, all, like, five seconds if I'm, like, really, really frustrated. Like, re- like a, you know, because sometimes you do have that, like, you just got to get it out. And, uh... I will find something soft, like a, like a mattress or a pillow to hit. Yeah. And if I'm really, like, really, really, really agitated and just need to, like, swing... But I'll usually try and, like, just stop 
and pause to calm down. Like, I will take that minute and just stop everything and just wait and let myself feel the emotions. Mm-hmm. Also, a walk. Just, just go for a walk. Get out of there. Change the scenery. Change a pace. Remove yourself from the environment and walk. Because yeah, you can vent think... and fume and be angry without continuing to be in the situation that is making you angry. The best thing you can do, honestly, is like I think I think it's like a, a two-parter of that, where it's like. Like, yeah, like, hit a pillow, like, scream into something. Like, the best... The first part should almost be something that really just quickly releases, like, this this huge, like, draft of anger, almost. Because when you do that, like, it's simultaneously cathartic, but also kind of makes you feel, like, a little silly, which is good, you know? Like, because it, it, it immediately brings the emotion into... Um, being which which gets not I wouldn't say gets rid of it but like releases it expresses it at the same time reminding you that it's really not that big of a deal and then I think pairing that with the walk is actually a really good idea smart idea like preferably almost somewhere where like it's a little bit quieter and you can if you want like sounds weird but like talk to yourself if you need to like talk yourself through things hear me out Mm -hmm. destroy your house just you could do that that apartment you don't need to own things no you can start your journey to buddhahood by uh flying to a blind rage and destroying your living space all emotions are good emotions man yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, there hasn't been a single crime committed because of emotions. It's all it's all excusable. The law doesn't apply if you're angry or sad. <laughs> law doesn't apply if you're just trying to do what you can to make yourself feel better. Yeah, if you felt it was the right thing, no one is. No one can tell you otherwise. You know. So go on, feel feel as, as much as you want all good vibes no. my dude yeah no one can stop you no wrongs just right <laughs> that's what we like to hear our next question what do you think dogs dream about with the further details my little baby boy dog has been acting a little needy wanting hugs and kisses he's usually quite independent and needs his own space now he's sitting in my lamp getting his head massaged do you suppose he had a bad dream? What do you think dogs dream about? What do dogs dream Man, about, James? I think they probably dream about, like, running. I would bet. I would bet they do dream in some way about, like, running through a field or through somewhere uh, open. Not running a business? Not running no, for yeah. president? I think, they dream, I think they dream about running a small uh, family-owned tailor. Um, or other dogs, yeah, because they see the sweaters and all the mittens that we put on them, and they're like so gauche, so tasteless. <laughs> How could you have clothes that aren't even you know made by the same thing as you? But see, and I'm thinking um, like they dream about running for office and realizing just how easy it would be to win because they really only have one vote they need to worry about, and that's the cat person vote. <laughs> <laughs> 
And even then, their policies are strong enough to overcome that. I don't know. How many people are cat people versus how many people are dog people? Well, that's why they have good, strong policies on top of being a dog. Yeah, but, like, let's see. I actually want to see this. How many people It's can... like 50-50. Yeah, but there's always a split. Are... You're really bad at googling things. Forty-four point five percent of U.S. households own dogs, and twenty-nine percent of households own cats. So you're saying it's twice as many dogs as cats? Approximately. Well, hang on. What did you say roughly. for your statistics? It said, according to Forbes, as of 2022, 44.5% of U.S. households own dogs and 29% of households own cats. What? But the statista here with a chart says 74% of pet owners said they have a dog compared to just 47% with a cat. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, wait, there's a Wikipedia article. Um, Research. Um, a 2014 study at Carroll University, Wisconsin, of 600 people surveyed who said they were dog lovers were found to be more energetic and outgoing and tended to follow rules closely, while cat lovers are more introverted, open-minded, and sensitive. Hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. That's us. Love cats. This is, uh... Well, yeah. No, dogs are just, dogs are just chasing stuff, dude. Yeah, I think they just I think they love like chasing the rabbits or squirrels or the dogs. All that. That actually freaked me out a little bit as a kid. Like when I first found out, like first noticed my dog like twitching in her sleep, I was like, "Oh God, is something wrong with her?" Yeah. Like I didn't realize she was just like running in her sleep. Yeah, I used to. I I used to. I remember. Yeah, you get a little worried when you're like a little kid. You see. That, but then they just, you know, which that to me just begs the question like, so dogs, dogs are able to dream, even in a very basic sense. Like, they must have, I'd love to know what the dreams look like because that means they must have some level of an ability to visualize, like, in their mind something, mm. right? Unless it's literally just a, an intuitive dream. I don't. I don't even know what you would call that. Like they must have some. I would guess it's probably closer to intuition, because like they remember things, but their memories aren't the same as ours. We remember things and can like, like our memories are shit. Don't get me wrong, but we re- can imagine things, so that when someone says, "Oh, have you been to the doctor?" we picture all the things of the doctor. When you tell a dog, hey, let's go to the vet, they run and hide because they don't really remember the vet, but they remember it's a strange place, and they didn't like being there the last time you said that. So the words, let's go to the vet, are a bad thing. Yeah, but they must have, there must be even a flash of some image or sense or something that corresponds with that, because they're clearly visual creatures in some in some capacity like they they have to be and they have to be able to associate images with certain things which means that there has to be like a level of 
somewhat permanent with those images. Well, yeah, they mind. have memories. But it's not and like it's we just... we consciously think about it in like a oh, I am going to sit here and have an internal monologue about going to the doctor. Whereas I don't believe dogs have internal monologues. No, you're. Pro- I mean, that I would I'd probably agree with. Like, I don't think they're because if they did, I mean, they'd be. I think they can like grasp the basics, like. But the problem is, is that the the like simple details and complexities elude them, which is why they're very. They are like. It's what makes them simultaneously like very smart and very stupid. Yeah. Because they they can understand very broad concepts but when it comes to like simple directions or it just like the classic example right is like you throw a ball for the dog and they like kind of see it but they don't and then they like turn to you and you're like trying to tell them like it's over there you know and it's like they just don't understand like what you're trying to say um because they didn't see it they have almost like no object permanence with some things like they have no conception of like like the the fact that you're basically trying to communicate them in a somewhat for them abstract way where it's like by me saying these things i'm telling you that this thing that you did not see but i've done before is now over here like there are so many different like levels of thought that have to go into even just that one simple exchange and it's just like too much so yeah, dogs well, dream about chasing rabbits. Yeah. Our next question. How common is it to get mistaken for a woman on the phone? With the further details, I'm not even trolling. I'm 25 and people always assume I'm a woman on the phone. I try the hardest to make my voice sound deeper, but I don't know. Maybe it's my, my natural tone. I'm so insecure about this. I hate that my natural voice doesn't match the social ideal of how a man should sound. Like it makes me feel like a tiny, feel tiny, weak, inferior, worthless. It's embarrassing. I feel like a weirdo, and I'm so alone in this. Damn, dude. Yeah. Mm. Shit sucks, bro. I, I have not had this problem since I hit puberty. Um, I will say though, like I do know. I mean. You know, I'm like. Do people really to... always assume? Like, that's my what, question. This guy? Like, yeah, like. Yeah, or did someone just where... assume and it made you think of all the other times you got assumed? Yeah, I mean, that's usually how it goes, right? Like, that, that's the thing is, like, you don't realize it until somebody points it out to you or until you start to recognize it. And then when you do, it's like. That's how insecurities develop because it's, it's the idea that you've basically been going through your life to a certain point, like not having noticed this thing that everybody else notices that you may believe puts you at like a disadvantage or skews your perception of how you like see yourself. I would you know? also so ask, I, I, how do you, how do you pick up the phone? Do you just pick up the phone or like, hi, like if you're picking up the phone not giving any identifications in any way, and they don't know who is going to be on the other end of the line, the only thing they go off, have to go off is the sound of your voice. 
But if you're like, oh, hello, my name is Timothy, giving some indicator of, like, what the uh, person on the other end of the line might be, they're going to be less likely to assume. Yeah, but that's all. That's no, that's a good point. I mean, especially in today's day and age when very it's much more rare for people to just call out of the blue. I think their point, though, is that like it's just become uh, like the fact that they might have to do that makes them feel uncomfortable and insecure because like other guys like I I just have to say like, hello, hello. And like people will know immediately that I'm a guy like talking, you know what I mean? Whereas like the idea that they may have to identify themselves because of the way their voice sounds as like, yeah, I'm a guy. Like I could see where it's like, if I had to worry about that, cause then you wonder like, Oh my gosh, like how's my, how does my voice actually sound like in real life? You know, this is just the phone, you know, like how does it sound? I think it's getting a little too in your head about it. Like, get out of your head about oh. it a little bit. It's not like people in the street are just going, like, are mistaking you. It's people who literally cannot see you. And I think everybody's self-conscious about the sound of their voice unless they listen to it. Like, people hate listening to their own voice recorded. Because it doesn't sound like what we expect and want. I gen- I am more okay with it, but I still feel like my voice is higher than I really expect or want it to be. But that's okay. Like, that just is. Yeah. It is something you do. It's, I mean, it sucks to say, it is just something you have to get used to. We all have certain insecurities that may seem, like, trivial to other people, but are to ourselves, like, I also had a thought that actually genuinely might be something worth looking into. Talk to your doctor. Because, like, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but I would not be surprised if this is possibly part of having a um, hormonal misbalance. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if your voice just didn't develop because your hormones have been, like, you have, you're lacking whatever the male hormone is, and you just didn't realize it, like... Yeah, it could be, it, that could be very much um, the case. Uh, and it's, it's on a, I mean, if you do feel like it's something like that, then go see a doctor, perhaps there's something that can be done. Uh, in the meantime, I mean, make your peace with as best you can about it. You know, I don't know what you sound like. and You can also practice, like... Mm-hmm. actually work on developing some of that deeper range yeah if, yeah if you want to I, I don't know if there are like vocal exercises that can help like deepen the timber or you know whatever the swell of your voice if, if, if you really voice want actors to can do it you can do it yeah you just want to be careful because you you really don't want to come the last thing you want to come off as is trying very hard or yeah is is something you don't because that's that like it's one thing to have uh let's say kind of an obvious like quirk it's another thing to be seen actively trying to cover up it up in a way that just makes it like more 
obvious or, you know, like people may be critical or mean of like flaws, but they are vicious if they detect dishonesty and they'll tear you apart. So if you want, like go for it. But I think there are, there are different, there are different ways to help you out with this, you know? And ultimately you like, you don't really need quote unquote help. I would encourage you to record your voice and listen to it. Just record a bunch of stuff and listen to your own voice for a bit. Yeah. I guarantee you that you have ways that you sound that are going to be worse than what you think and ways that you sound that are better than what you think. It's all about using it to the best of your ability as much as you can. Cool. I think that's it for this week. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, sir. You're most welcome, Sean Connery. This guy. This guy right here. You're the man now, dog. Smiley petty. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. That's why I paused, because I did not want you to interrupt. There we go. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, uh, where we post our meme Mondays. Our Twitter account is at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love, and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. Also, please share the episodes. We love sharing the episodes. We love it when people support the show. So please support us. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Like I said, like, I just haven't really watched any, like, I don't watch things during the week anymore. So, really? like. Like, at all? Yeah, not really. Like, my week, like, after work, it's just, there's stuff going on. So that when it does get down to the, like, one or two nights a week I have free, I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't really want to bother. Like, I want to play video games. Or I want to paint, or literally just have so much other stuff to do that where it's like, okay, I'll yeah, I guess I'll throw on Food Network because I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's one of the things too is like, I kind of watch TV like some people throw on like an album. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'll just, I it's almost more of me just like See, I having to. something going on. 